Welcome back or welcome to Parenting is Political, a podcast about parenting and stuff. I'm Mo Banks, my pronouns are they, them. My name is Jasmine Banks and my pronouns are she, her. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, we do this podcast sometimes here and there. And we're back after a very long hiatus of not doing a podcast. It's a janky little podcast, but it, it means a lot to us and to a lot of people. And frankly, in a over-curated, over-produced, um, hyper-marketed world, don't you want a little bit of raggedy in your life? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> our marketing scheme. It's just a little bit of raggedy. Yeah, I love it. I love um, showing up janky. Because if you are, if your message, like your conversation... If what you're doing really resonates, you don't need marketing strategy employee. Yeah. And it's like, we cannot produce a podcast for a year. That's fine. What are the rules? And why are we following them anyway? We don't get paid for this shit. No, we don't. Although those of you who are making donations, thanks. <laughs> y'all, are the, no. y'all, are the, yeah. y'all are the real ones. Y'all really are. But uh, yeah, we don't, we don't like to follow any rules, really. And that's what kind of the heart of the podcast is from the, from the get-go, was... Uh, there are no rules and the rules that are, do exist are, um, anti-black and queerphobic and, uh, not accessible to everybody. So we apply that to our podcast as well. So if you haven't heard from us in a year, that's why. Also because (laughs) everyone is in a global panorama. Yeah. And Miss Rona has had all of us struggling. And for some people, they coped by creating more things and picking up new ways to create and explore. Others, like ourselves, coped by going very internal, Mm -hmm. um, gaining lots of delicious weight Mm -hmm. in case of the actual apocalypse so that we can survive. survive. Um, drinking a lot of alcohol, playing a lot of video games, sleeping a lot, mm-hmm. reading a lot. Mm-hmm. Playing with our kids a lot. And there just isn't a wrong way to take good care of yourself. Yeah. And so that's why we've been absent. Mm-hmm. Slowly, it feels like the world is thawing out again and... The earth is healing itself. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. But we can take some smaller steps back into a more globalist sort of community and so yeah we're just saying hi again we are so if you are joining us for the first time welcome if you have been listening from the beginning welcome back we're glad to be here we're glad that you're here with us and we're just going to be going over some things this is random i was just kind of taking a small little nap and jasmine came in and said hey do you want to record i said sure what about she goes whatever It's time. It's just time to do it. Well, you know, maybe a good opener for this is to give updates about just like where we've been in life, but then also reflect back on previous episodes that we had and what we have learned since then, what we've been learning. Sure. Yeah. What have you been up to, babe? (laughs) What have I been up to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I've just been trying to get my mental health in order. I uh, received a diagnosis last year. Oh my god, a diagnosis? What's the diagnosis? My diagnosis uh, of borderline personality disorder, which uh, Hot. was was like not a shocker because 
so many of us have that or have features of that. It's just not like regularly talked about, at least in the circles I'm in, but it's been really helpful. Um, and I've been able to get my DBT skills in place and, uh, yeah, just like try to create healthy boundaries for myself and for those that I interact with. And it's been a really good year of like personal growth for me and trying to be like a better person, a better partner, a better parent. Um, in the sense that just like, I want my, like myself to match whatever I feel like I'm doing in the world. And those things, those two things align. Yeah. So for all those cool cat and (laughs) cool cat and kittens, are you tiger kinging right now? (laughs) (laughs) So for all those cool cats and kittens out there Mm -hmm. who don't know what borderline personality disorder is. Mm Mm-hmm. Give it to him. What oh, is it? you want me to read it? It's, uh, okay. So the internet says borderline personality disorder is a personality disorder characterized by severe mood swings, impulsive behavior, and difficulty forming stable personal relationships. Does that, like, track for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's very common. Below that, it said it's very common. I just want to note that. It's soups common, as yeah. you would say. Super duper. Um... Yeah, so if you like, let's see here. I'm just trying to, we're reading on the fly. So I'm trying to like skim before I read. So some of like the the ways it shows up in our behavior is uh, like compulsive things. You can be like hosti- hostile, irritable. We really enjoy like risk-taking behaviors and self-destructive behaviors. Um, lots of folks who experience borderline personality disorder do some self-harming or self-isolation. There's a lot of anger that can show up as anxiety or, like, different types of things. But mainly the underlying thing is a lot of anger that's just, like, not expressed in a clear way. You can also, you know, thoughts of suicide go along with that for those of us who have experienced that. Also, depression, distorted self-image, and narcissism can go along with that. There's a lot of things that people experience um, if if they're experiencing borderline personality disorder. Um, some of the treatments for that, and that's something that I've been in the past year, include uh, DBT. That's the one I'm going to recommend because that's the one I know about. But there are a lot of other ones, and DBT stands for Dialectical Behavior Therapy. And it's just about building real-life skills to help manage your inner thoughts so that uh, your reality matches the reality of everybody else around you. you. You're looking for evidence so that oftentimes whenever you feel things, you're like, that's what reality is you learn how to understand that sometimes your feelings aren't what reality is and reality is what reality is. And we can look at the evidence for that and build up the skills to be able to identify um, what is true and what's not. Yeah. There's so many things that go along with this and we're not going to spend the whole time talking about borderline personality disorder. That's just something that I've been experiencing and uh, getting, you know, like treatment for and, you know, growing in, but and there's a whole spectrum. There is. And we're not, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not doling out any sort of like advice or treatments. And if you feel like any of the things that I said maybe resonate with you, I would consider talking to somebody about that or seeking more information on it. Yeah. But it was a thing that was, um, I think the pressure and the isolation that 
was a result of lockdown. Yeah. Really escalated it becoming obvious. Totally. In our family life. And mm-hmm. I remember when we first got together and even toward the middle, and I'd always have this um, feedback as people who would come into our lives or in our social circles would just be like, oh, Mo is so nice. Mo is so... And I was just like, what? <laughs> right. Uh, I was like, Mo is actually like a very grumpy and like aggressive person. And, mm-hmm. and I love that about them. That was never a problem statement. It was just always so interesting how folks would say how passive and shy and nice you were and I just knew you as like a really moody curmudgeon Mm -hmm. and that was part of sort of the splitting the you had different versions of yourself which I think you know all of us do socially but I think maybe with the borderline personality it's so markedly intense that it seems like there are two different personalities it is operating and nobody else in my life would know that except for the people that I live with so it was like almost like a constant gaslighting for you and the kids of like (laughs) you would experience me as somebody else when we were out but when we were inside it was like Something, someone complete completely flip. different. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that can be really shocking for a lot of folks. And then you don't have that outside, outside support. You're like, what are you talking about? Mo is this and that. And you're like, no, yeah, this is what I know the, to be and, true. And the way that our relationship is racialized yeah. and the way that, um, I just tend to, you know, people tend to not like me because I'm so intense. It would be like, no Jasmine, you're the problem here. Right. Like, you're just making that up or whatever. So it was interesting. The pandemic really open, created an opening, created a portal for you to do that work. Totally. What's really funny about this is for folks who have been following us for a long time or know anything about my mental health journey is I have um, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I hate that diagnosis. I hate that diagnosis because it's like legitimately very little I can do to be, quote, in control of it. Um, When you have your post-traumatic symptoms, they happen. You can do things that make them less intense, but you're really just not in charge of flashbacks or dissociation. And I used to spend just, like, every week in therapy trying to convince my psychologist and my psychiatrist that I was, like, a narcissist or had borderline personality disorder or something else because it felt like, well, then there's a, there's a therapy that will, you know, there's like a clear rules of engagement, whereas PTSD is like, no, you just live your life and sometimes the wind smells like lavender and takes you back to that time you were sexually assaulted and now you're having a panic attack in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Mo got their diagnosis and I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> I'm glad you have that. <laughs> that's so- uh, that's so real. Like that, like the, that resentment towards other folks. Be like, like, Good. I'm glad you finally have an explanation and there's something wrong in your brain. And it's not just that everyone fucking abused you your whole life. Right. Like, cause, cause for me, you know, it's like PTSD, particularly complex PTSD is just like, you were a young person or a person going about your life these external things happen to you and this trauma resulted inside of your body and you can again you can dampen the the like symptoms of those things but like it's a thing whereas like you can experience remission from borderline personality disorder oh yeah totally you can like work it to the point where you are in control of those things and you're in control of your behavior 
and how you react to things, which is what I'm currently doing. Yeah, that's where but you're you at can, now. Yeah. Shout out to your therapist. Shout out to Debbie. Um, (laughs) Debbie, Debs, she's not the sponsor of this podcast. No, she's not. But we pay her a lot of fucking money. (laughs) We fucking do. Uh, Other things that happened during the panorama. Gosh, we went through a season of really reorienting ourselves. And I think this is what happens when family systems get well. Um, Mm -hmm. or at least, you know, find some groundedness and stability we shed a lot of folks in our lives that we thought were forever relationships. But when we got to this place where the pandemic made us confront ourselves and the world in this moment, we realized that we were serving as sort of like a queer token for a lot of the friends that were still in the Christian church. And um, almost, and you know, also to the point that they were like gaining... Um, sort of like sexual intimate pleasure by being in relationship with us, but didn't name it as mm-hmm. such, didn't call it that. And um, we had to shed a lot of those relationships because they were extractive and harmful. Yeah. Did anybody else experience that? The, uh, the beginning and middle and current parts of the pandemic where you had to like really think about who is in your life. I think a lot of people went through that whenever they were making their little bubbles. What were those called? Pods? Pods, yeah. Like, who, who really do you fuck with in life that you're like, I'm going to risk infection to hang out with you? <laughs> like, yeah. it's extreme, that, but that's what we were doing. And, and the cer- certain people we started being in pods with, and just kind of like with my mental health stuff, some people's real shit started coming out. And whenever you were the brave enough to name it, yeah. you were the problem. And, uh-huh. and we had to, like, we say we, we shed some relationships and those, those were really difficult things to do, but it's, I, you know, I feel a lot better for it, not having folks in our life who are so extractive. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, don't, I know that's a common experience that folks may or may yeah. not have had. Another weird thing that came up during the pandemic was family members that suddenly, particularly like with the reckoning of George Floyd and all of the uprisings during the summer, um, becoming like very like public pro Black Lives Matter, very public talking about how they resist racism. But and and I'm t- I'm talking about white family members we had that we thought we were close to. But then privately, like absolutely being white supremacists. So this sort of strange experience of scrolling to you know a family member's Instagram page, seeing them pontificate about racism and you know defund the cops, and then them being not just like problematic in their relationship with the black folks, like myself and our kids, but like specifically harmful and microaggressive. Um, And then realizing that it was like that for so many people, the performance that that's exactly what it was, right? It was like a performance of racial consciousness, a performance of racial justice. And then realizing that, when they had the opportunity to be true um, co-conspirators and act in anti-racist ways with the actual black people in their life, not just the white liberals they were performing on the internet for, they wouldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And so we had to have some boundaries mm-hmm. um, with the kids' family and, and my, my family members that are white who, oh, Lord. You can take your black squares and fuck all the way off. Oh, I forgot about the black <laughs> remember squares. That? 
And like actual organizers were like, please stop. And they're like, no, 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 no. This is what they want. <laughs> like, who's they? And they were like, the blacks. And then black people were like, we don't want this. Yeah, we had we had one fa- we had one family in particular that would like come over to our home and just be like, she would say to me like, "You're so intimidating. You're so aggressive." Uh, she would call like my impact on the family system as like the quote Jasmine effect, just like so. Did you hear that, y'all? So horrifically that like dog whistle anti-black, and then I remember like checking in on her on Instagram and seeing her talking about like perfectionism is a habit of white supremacy culture and that's why I'm striving not to be a perfectionist and I was just like what the fuck like perfect at it you have four black kids in your life and another you know and the black mother that those kids were birthed from and you can't show up in their life but Mm -hmm. you can talk about shit on the internet and I think that was sort of like a thing that came like was clarified for me during the pandemic was that we like so much about what we're living through in this moment of history, whether it's around the class warfare that's happening, whether it's around climate crisis, whether it's around the continued like death coal of white supremacy and anti-blackness. Um, <clears throat> if it's it challenging patriarchy, right? Like these moments are huge historical systemic shifts on a global scale and just having proximity to people who are just performing their way through it is a risk to our well-being and so we have to be willing to call people into a level of um practice Mm -hmm. and say hey if you're not going to practice these things that you're saying on the internet if you aren't experiencing like an actual behavioral shift relational shift the way that you show up in the world materially if those things aren't shifting, then I have to have space away from you because it's 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 such an intense form of harm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like being like, I love queer people, but then you're still funding candidates that are trying to ban kids from trans health care. Mm-hmm. Or like actually still sending them to conversion therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's been a lot of like the world reorienting and reorganizing itself and us trying to figure out where our proximity to certain people and places and systems are within that reorganization. And those are, those are conversations we're having with our kids too. I mean, yeah, I always like to bring this back to like parenting cause this is, you know, parenting is political. These aren't conversations that just you and I are having. Yeah. These are collective family conversations. And just for a reminder, we have four kids. Our oldest is 14. We've got an almost 12 year old, a 10 year old and a three year old. And these, you know, these conversations about, the pandemic about um, George Floyd, about, you know... Um, the insurrection. T- you know, tenants' rights and eviction and moratoriums being lifted. These are things that we're having conversations with the kids about. And they're yeah. not, we're not shielding them from them, and we're, we're having them in an, be a part of these discussions of a family of, like, what, what do we want as a family? What are we striving towards? What does our future look like? What are our goals? Who, who are the folks in our life who are you know harmful or who are the folks that we want to keep around and who do we want to keep fighting for and so I think a lot of times people show up on the timeline on our Instagram like how do we talk to our kids about this how how are y'all talking about your you know about these things to your kids and that's the answer was just we're talking about it (laughs) like there's no secret formula there's no right way to do it you just have to open up the conversation yeah 
And I guess one of the reasons why I wanted to offer how our world has been shifting and rearranging itself and we've had to let go of people or, you know, we started engaging with folks thinking we're going to become friends and then very abruptly not becoming friends with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to normalize that for other people. Like if you in this moment in your history, um, on your timeline, if you're, <laughs> if your relationships are starting to change, shape and form, that's okay. And it's not a sign that the world is falling apart or the pandemic destroyed everything. It could actually be a sign that we are all learning to reorient ourselves, particularly those of us who want to not just perform justice, but, um, you know, live into and create more just worlds. Um, It's okay that there are people falling away and it's okay that things don't look exactly how you thought they might. And it's okay to... Release those people without it being, you know, a grudge or a traumatic thing. Um, but that this this moment in history really is our opportunity to center ourselves in a direction and understand that we all are forever changed as a result of the pandemic and what we are still in this moment living through and what we will continue to feel the reverberations from for a long time coming. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So that was a real lighthearted update. Yeah. My lip is bleeding. Yeah. It's because you and this chapstick. It's because I stopped using chapstick. No, it's not true at all. <laughs> all right, y'all. Wait, that's it? That's it. That's the intro. Oh, are we done? Short teaser, yep. Damn, I was left you, wanting more and I'm a part of this. Can you pause it for a second? And then <laughs> yeah. we'll go into pause. Andrea and send me this right after the rock. God, I miss chapstick so much. It's like an oasis after being in the desert. <laughs> you have an addiction. <laughs> it's, it's a problem.